Hello and welcome to another edition of the Tigers Down Under. I'm your host, Alex, and with me I have Logan. How are you, Logan? Evening, Alex. Yeah, look, personally, doing okay uh, as a as a city fan, though. I don't think it's exactly the uh, the most promising occasion to be meeting. So, um, yeah, certainly leaving a lot uh, to the imagination over the next couple of weeks before this World Cup break. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's uh, it's been a quite strange start to the season. We started off with so much promise and so much optimism after the first handful of games. Um, and it really seems to have, well, the brakes seem to have, have, have hit the uh, hit the skids or <laughs> whatever the expression is over the last month or so. Um, I think it's five losses in our last six or something like that. So, uh, yeah, yeah, not a great run of form. And, and perhaps this international break came at a good time for a bit of a bit of a reset for the squad. Well, when you go back to back three nil losses, um, you know, any break would kind of be welcomed. I, th- I think that. It, it just seems for whatever reason, as you said, the slide um, it seems pretty toxic at the moment and there seems like there needs to be a lot of soul searching, uh, hopefully a few players coming back as well. But yeah, whatever uh, that, you know, the early season form that we talked about, uh, you know, they snatch and grab results and how we look to be getting, you know, points out of games that we didn't or potentially didn't deserve. Uh, whatever luck we started with, it certainly seems to have dissipated and, it's quite uh, concerning viewing at the moment. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> we'll talk about the Luton game um, to finish the episode off, but it does, you know, touching on there, the players potentially coming back. I think Fleming and Cynic potentially involved in that one mm-hmm. would certainly be good news. Um, but we will we'll start with that uh, that Swansea loss that we had before the international break, three uh, nil in the early kickoff in that one. Uh, so always a bit more uh, frustrating when it's in front of the cameras. Um, but we made three changes to the side, which I, I guess was the 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 frustrating is the wrong word, but it was the, it was a difficult aspect of this game. I think was that the changes that we made were probably the changes that that we as supporters were sort of looking to see come into the side with Baxter and goal for Ingram, uh, Pelka starting up forward, and also Harvey Vale coming into the side uh, as well. I mean, potentially the only other one would maybe have been Figueredo out at centre back for uh, McLaughlin potentially coming in, but. Otherwise, you can't really fault that that lineup, really. No, and I saw the team sheet before kickoff, and I think I share the same kind of sentiment that you did. Like it was a positive-looking squad. Uh, it was a lineup that, uh, you know, by all accounts, should have gone and um, at least put in a performance against uh, against Swansea. And and as we know, that it, it certainly wasn't the case. Yeah, that's right. And. Um, uh... We had the one shot on target for the game, which I guess is 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 more of the same problems that we've had the last few weeks. It's it's a lack of chances. Uh, we saw, especially in the midfield, with probably uh, Sari was maybe the biggest culprit of just not putting that pressure on the ball carrier. Then Swansea just being able to basically walk through our midfield. It, it's the same problems that we've seen for a while now. Whether it's the three five two formation, whether it's the four three three, as we saw against Swansea, it, it seems as if the problems run a bit deeper than just the personnel or the structure. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, we've, I think that's probably the area that we seem to be struggling the most is, is just that midfield kind of um, chemistry. It's, it's not necessarily that I think on, uh, as far as pa- on paper goes, that we have a weak midfield. I think that we certainly have the personnel there uh, that, you know, would label us a credentialed uh, side, but whatever it is, the, the mix just doesn't seem to be right. And, uh, you know, we, we can see from the the goals that um, that that Oscar has been able to return in the early early part of the season that 
we still do have some level of attacking flair and it's not necessarily that we're getting into the forward line and being wasteful. Um, and equally, it's, it's kind of hard to um, isolate too many defenders. I know Figueredo's probably been uh, the culprit of a couple of um, you know poor poor games in the in the last kind of run. But I mean, it kind of makes sense when you see teams like ours getting blown off the park at the moment. That of course your defenders are going to make the odd howler uh, when they're under that much pressure. Um, and so, I, I guess realistically, that's probably the thing that uh, you know I would kind of look to identify as uh, a potential reason as to why uh, things just seem extremely off at the moment is that that lack of chemistry in the midfield. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you know, you sort of look at that midfield throughout. I raised this as a, as opponent, Dan, the other week. Do you think that there's an element of Seri and Tufan almost automatically getting picked each week and, and we almost have to just try and make do with, with the midfield that we have? Because I feel as if there's some element of the manager potentially being a bit hesitant in... in um, not necessarily in dropping them, but um, changing things in some way in that midfield trio. Yeah, look, and, and like you also think about it from the, the standpoint of the manager, it, it, it kind of does make sense. Like it would be really difficult to, you know, put too fine out of the, the lineup, especially when you consider the the form that he showed early in uh, the yeah. season when we were under the impression, well, I shouldn't even say under the impression, we, we knew that he wasn't fit. Uh, you know, in that stage of the season. And he was able to show the level of class that he does possess. Uh, so to kind of see him on the bench, uh, you know, this early in favour of, of somebody else, or I guess a, definitely a lesser name, would be a very interesting and um, and ballsy play. But I think you're right. I think that there's a very good, uh, you know, very good rationale as to why it would be worth trialling that um, if, it, if it does require dropping one of our, our bigger names. Uh, because of the the fact that we do have Seri, we do have Tufan, um, and you know, by all means, they'd walk into most championship sides as, as well as I'm aware. Uh, maybe for this particular point of the season, it's uh, it's not what's required, and I'd be really interested to see if that's if that's a path that does get explored. Yeah, no doubt. Um, talking about players struggling for form, and you, and you did touch on him before with uh, Figueredo. Um, no doubt when the side's under that much pressure, there'll always be those um, elements or opportunities for, for mistakes to happen. Um, almost in the same frame of mind as with Ingram, is, is it potentially worth giving him that that sort of that circuit breaker moment of taking him out of that limelight and just giving him a chance to reset? I mean, obviously, we've just had the international break, which which itself might be that chance for him to reset. It seems, though, that, you know, over the last couple of games, there's been that that element of, of, um, of a mistake or a gaffe in him. Um, you see it, you know, more famously with Harry Maguire at United uh, being pulled out of the limelight as well um, for his own good as much as the side. Do you think um, that's another option we should be looking at? We've got Sean McLaughlin on the bench sort of ready to go. I think I'd be giving him one more game. I think that the potential for the international break week to be that circuit breaker uh, is is certainly there. And, you know, he'd be well aware. Uh, he's an experienced player, Figueredo. There'd be no one more disappointed in, you know, his performances than himself. And I think that you give him one more game, you make it really clear to him that, you know, that he's currently out of form, but that they still, you know, want to show that belief in him. And and if, you know, the result against Luton is a is a negative one and there's areas of his game that you can kind of target as the, uh, you know, huge uh, like detrimental moments in the in the point of the game that, that he's responsible for, well, then sure, uh, then I think it's time to explore. But I'd certainly be giving 
him one more game to prove himself and see if the international break week uh, did any good. Yeah, definitely. Um, look, on a positive side, um, I thought Pelkis looked pretty sharp. It looked pretty bright going forward. Um, not a whole lot of positives heck from the game in, in general, but I, I thought he was um, he was a really impressive uh, full... De- was it his... It was, yeah, it was his full debut, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 I, I, I thought that he was... He's probably the player that I was the most excited to to kind of see, see more of, um, if I'm honest. Uh, I know at the start of the season we kind of talked about who... Uh, who we were intrigued by, and I know Tufan and Oscar were the two that two names that, or and Seri actually were the three names that uh, were appearing frequently. But um, as soon as we saw the the Pelka signing, and I think it's obviously because we were linked with him for so long, and the amount of uh, fake uh, announcements that that I yeah. saw on Twitter and uh, you know all the rest of it, that it seemed like he he was a city player for a month before he was ever a city player. So. I was, it was nice to to finally see him get going, and as you said, to um you know to show show that there is a, a genuine play there, um and obviously that the relationship with Tufan is a, is a pleasing one. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I'll I'll, I'll move on and uh, I'll give my votes for the game, but I will say if I could, I'd give the three votes to the crossbar. I think the the amount of times in that first half that we were let off the hook by the uh, the woodwork uh, was quite incredible. It reminded me of um. I think we played West Ham in the Premier League a few seasons back and uh, the fans actually voted for the Woodwork as their man of the match in that game as well because uh, I think, uh, as the commentator said, I think Swansea had a hat-trick of chances hit the Woodwork in the first half alone, which was uh, pretty incredible. Um, but, yeah, look, I, I did give Pelkis the three votes. I thought he was really impressive on his full debut and and one of the few out there who really had that um, attacking endeavour to get forward. Um, I went Greaves for the two votes. It was his 100th start for City, which I thought was really um, great to see in someone so young and 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 how he's come on to come on into the side so well. Um, I, I thought it was a decent display from him without being amazing. I think he's been another who's down on form a little bit lately, but uh, was showing signs in the game at least that he's um, he's he's one of our more reliable players at least. Uh, and Coyle for the one vote. I think Coyle's been sort of a, his form has been a little bit patchy to start the season, but I thought again this was one of his better displays. Um, I wouldn't have said that any of the three goals were his fault at all. I think uh, he, he looked quite committed and, and and played quite well. But to be honest, it's one of those games I think I sort of scraped the barrel to, to come up with some votes for this one. Yeah, look, I'm not going to argue with any of those. I think that the only uh, the only clear one that I think is is there for the taking is Pelkis. And I think that he was the clear standout. And outside of that, I mean, yeah, look, Gregson Coyle can have my two and one as well, but it's um it's, it's not an easy one to give. I thought it was an appalling performance, and especially on the back of the previous loss, um, it just it, it was a really difficult one to swallow. Well, yeah, we'll we'll speaking more broadly about that performance and the Stoke performance and results in general. We'll we'll go into somewhat off field discussion. Uh, we're talking about the manager Shota Avaladze. Uh, title of this episode saying Shota getting one more shot. Um, Dan and I sort of spoke after the Stoke game that he probably had, well, at least in our opinion, should be given the next four games to really sort of make his mark, turn things around, get the players performing. We did acknowledge, of course, as well, you got all the injuries to deal with, the changing squad, the, the changing lineup. Uh, it, it feels on one level really harsh to be even talking about potentially changing the manager. But on another level, you have to think with the the impatience or the expectations of the owner and the way this season started that potentially that yeah he, he's going to be on pretty thin ice already 
Well, the last time we spoke, we we kind of identified the Swansea and, and Stoke games as, as games that were very winnable. And I think that when we were kind of guessing or predicting what kind of points return we would deem acceptable, uh, we kind of said like certainly f- like three, but absolutely like anything less than well anything less than three would be a, a failure. But kind of three or four was the the agreed upon uh, you know return that we were expecting, and and to get zero. Uh, there's absolutely no, uh, you know, no mistake that we are in a slump, and, and he is in a slump. And you know, we also know across the course of a season, uh, it's a it's a very long long period, and he has certainly had uh, a lot of injuries to deal with. He he still hasn't had a fully fit squad at his disposal, um, with some very very key players missing. So I agree from that side of things. I, I do feel very sorry for him, but. I just think with the with the break in this the month before the World Cup, I, I can't stress enough how important this period um, is in the scheme of of this season. Um, you know, only a few weeks ago we were talking about the high flying opportunity to be in second place, and you know, praising the new signings that had come in, and and now really quickly we see ourselves down the the foot of the the table in um, in very very short turnaround. I, I know that you know a couple of wins very quickly changes that, but. Yeah, whether it's shot as last chance, um, I, I'd kind of, I'd like to say stick with him a little bit longer. Um, maybe the three or four games is a is a better goal, but uh, realistically, this period now between uh, here in November and the the World Cup break is a, a very significant one. And I suspect if he doesn't get moving, um, yeah, it may be one or two more games before before we say goodbye to him. Yeah, and I wanted to an extent as well. We're seeing a few other sides starting to make managerial changes. Um, Stoke uh, parted with uh, Michael O'Neill a couple of weeks ago. Cardiff have sacked their manager as well. Watford have as well, but I think that's more just, you know, it's been three months and and they're just doing what they do. Uh, But it does mean that there's a couple of managers available that, you know, previously I think it would have been much, much more difficult to justify sacking him when you say, well, is there actually a better option out there? If you look at, you know, Carlos Corbran, who was at Huddersfield, uh, has now left Olympiacos, so he'd be available as an option. Edwards, of course, having left Watford as well as another one. There are starting to become managers available that and and you know knowing Azure there could be well there could well be a manager from from Turkey or from somewhere on the continent that we haven't heard of but that he identifies as as a good opportunity as well um it, it does come down to I think Azure's patience or Azure's um um I guess uh perception of where he wants to be this season does he want to be challenging for promotion this season and anything less is a failure or is he happier to be patient and just get a stabilised squad, stabilised manager, start to, to get the structure right. So I think I think a lot will come down to how he perceives this season. Yeah, I, I agree. And that was something that, you know, wasn't really talked about too much in the in the preseason as far as the, the club's ambition. I know that a lot of people, we always kind of target playoffs as the, the place that we'd like to be, but we're probably a little bit more real, realistic with, uh, you know, mid-table kind of thing. And like... One or two wins very quickly in the same breath changes the shape of the table drastically for for City. So I, I think it would be really harsh to to kind of already call call full time on on Shotter just because of how close the ladder still is. Um, but I, I agree with what you're saying in the tension that if you let it slip too much um, and all of those you know behind closed doors ambition kind of uh, targets at the start of the season are already starting to look out of reach. Well, then 
you know, they've got different objectives that they'll be marking themselves by. Um, and yeah, it's, it'd be really fascinating to to test Ajun's resolve and see, um, you know, how much faith he really does have in Shotter. Yep, no doubt. Well, well, we'll preview that Luton game in one second, but we will give uh, give you a chance at redemption at the Who Am I game. You uh, weren't able to get the was it was it um, it was Maddie Fry last time, wasn't it? That we. Right. Uh, I was going to say, it that, can't be can't be any worse than last time. That's right. So uh, if if you're good to go, we'll uh, we'll start with the first clue. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so I made eighty three appearances for City and scored twenty seven goals. Okay. Um, 83 appearances, 27 goals. Mm-hmm. This this could be a uh, this could be a Grzycki type number. I can't remember how many performances he got, but uh, 27 goals is is significant. Um, look, I I would I would probably guess I would guess Grzycki, but I feel like that is not it it's not grizzly but that's that's not a bad guess at all in terms of uh position and all that so that that's a bit of a hint um i joined city on loan in 2020 and departed in 2022 oh okay um departed on loan i feel like this is a give me this is really recent too I can uh, give you the club he signed from, or the club. Uh, I'll give you. I can give you the club he signed from, if that will help. But I won't give you the club he he left for. So that will yeah. Give us the club he signed from. So we signed him on loan from Barnsley. Oh, okay. Um, oh, this is so twenty-seven goals. Um, oh, damn. I feel like this. I'm I'm blaming the COVID era for my. my <laughs> I was going to say yeah, because it was that co- it was the COVID relegation season. If that if that helps, in 2020. Um. Oh, this is going to be another one of those ones where I just bang my head against the wall. Um, and he left when? In 2022. So this year. Oh. 27 goals, dude. He's one of the. Oh, it's um Malik Wilkes. Spot on. There you go. Of course. <laughs> I thought I thought with the uh, yeah I thought if I hadn't well I guess obviously knowing he joined the club in twenty twenty it's like you're not going to think it's all spot up but no it's a good one. Well, when we uh, when we were talking at the start of the season whether we should keep Malik Wilkes, obviously uh, he's been an incredibly forgetful name. Uh, <laughs> take that long to to um to to pick him up, but yes. Absolutely. I suppose I, su- I suppose Magenis is the other one who could have almost fit into that, but I don't think he scored quite that many goals. But it would have been, yeah, maybe just a couple less. But uh, look, there you go. Uh, that was a good one. Okay, uh, we'll, we'll move on then. We'll preview that Luton game coming up uh, the Saturday morning. So I think the 5.30 or 6.30 kickoff, um, just before the savings hits here, which would have made it a bit more of a comfortable start. Uh, for Saturday morning, but nevertheless, uh, we do come up against Luton. I think I think I saw the stat that we've only beaten three times at home in second division, and the most recent of that was in like the 1980s or something like that. So an absolutely atrocious home record against Luton uh, to try to combat. But we've beaten them uh, twice in the last five, both of those away from home. Um, I think the most recent was that one where Kevin Stewart sort of funneled the ball across the line uh, 
might have even been in that COVID season, in the first half of that COVID season. I'm not, not too sure. Um, they're still matched by Nathan Jones, who essentially has been there since 2016. He, he left for six months before sort of realising the error of his ways and returning, um, I guess a bit like Eddie Howe at Bournemouth when he went to Burnley for a little bit. Um, so, re yeah, really long-term sort of stable manager at the club, uh, club that's, you know, sort of, I wouldn't say battling above their station, but really sort of um, sort of battling within their means, looking competitive. I think they just missed out on the playoffs last season. Or, no, they made the playoffs, didn't they? Because then uh, Ingram was on loan there during the playoffs. Um, so they did uh, reasonably well. But, uh, look, you know, I would have said we've got the Stoke game, we've got the Swansea game now, we've got the Luton game, all, all of which are winnable games. So this Luton game is a winnable game. But in the form we're in, um, a lot of work to be done to get a result in this one. Yeah, absolutely. And I do remember the uh, the way that Luton finished the season last, um, at the end of last term. And so, uh, you know, they are a, a team that in the past, you yeah, you probably would have, with all due respect, you know, glanced over them. But, yeah, as you said, a combination of the poor form and um, the the improve of of them over the years, um, or particularly over the last 12 to 18 months is, um, you know, it's worrying. It presents itself as a, as a really tough fixture and one that, uh, you know, we absolutely have to win, uh, particularly when you consider what we've just talked about with the, um, the precarious position that, that Shoulder finds himself in. No doubt. Um, we've got Reese Burke playing for them, coming up against um, his old side, uh, scored against Blackburn in their last game out, so showing a bit of reasonable form. Um, Bree at wingback for them is also a dangerous option as well to keep an eye on for, an eye out for. Um, in terms of changes for our side, um, I guess from the last game, we sort of talked at the start about the fact that Fleming and Cynic might be fit, I guess Cynic more so from the bench and potentially Fleming as well. Um, would you see any changes to the to the lineup, or are you sort of happy to, to just get a bit of stability in the side and, and give them another crack? Yeah, look, I think the stability is definitely the the way forward. But I can I could see see a world where Figueredo um, was was starting on the bench. Uh, I think you know, as you mentioned, Black Shotter may may go with the the circuit breaker idea of there's been a couple of days off, or he may have used that and trained um, differently. With the players that are still around um, all week in in preparation to to kind of you know start afresh so to speak so um look i don't even really want to hazard a guess here i think that's probably the the likely change if there is one uh but yeah it's it's going to be fascinating i can't wait for the lineups to get released and um and hopefully uh see that you know this week off uh, done us the world of good yeah I, I think that's it i think for me it's it's just seeing the response from the players with the week off um, obviously, there's been a few that have been away on international duty. I think um, Oscar and um, and Cynic was actually with the Turkish squad as well. I think Tufan went back to Turkey as well. So I think hopefully the players have had that chance to reset mentally and, and physically from, you know, pretty tough slog to start the season. Um, hopefully Shotter's had a bit of a chance to reset as well and then sort of, re you know, reflect on that on our last couple of games and sort of identify what went wrong, what went well, change the lineup where needed. Uh, yeah, look, I probably agree with you. I think the one change would potentially be Figueredo out for probably McLaughlin um, at centre back, but I could also see an unchanged lineup and just give the give the guys another chance to um, to have a crack at it. Um, w w what's your sort of feeling about this game? Then are you, are you sort of hopeful for a draw, hopeful for a win, or just just want to see it sort of a response in in playing style? Am I am I allowed to say hopeful for? A <laughs> Not another 3-0 loss. Uh, that's that's what I'm personally hopeful for. But, look, I, I think that 
as we said, it's such an important game. Um, I, I really want to be optimistic and I don't want to be kicking myself, um, you know, at, at the weekend. But, but I can't really see how they're going to be able to put in such a, a swift turnaround. I think that this is a game that we'll probably perform better in, but I just uh, I think it would be really ambitious to kind of bank on three points. I think it, it'll probably be a 2-1 loss, maybe a one-all draw, um, yeah. and that's, that's a negative, negative look on it, but it's how I kind of think it's most likely going to go down. Yeah, I, I was actually thinking 2-1 in my head as well as a loss. I think, although in, in saying that, it, it feels like, in the games this season that we've had the lowest expectations for, we've actually come out and, and jagged a good result like against Burnley and Norwich. So, look, who knows? Um, maybe maybe we've had the week off, we've had the chance to rest and refresh and, and we can come out and, and sort of surprise Luton with a win. Luton, only two wins in their last five as well. So they haven't been, you know, in red-hot form themselves. So, look, it's, it's every chance of a result for us. But I think, as you say, even just an improved performance, anything other than a 3-0 loss would be, very well welcomed in this one. Um, yeah, I don't know. Were there any final thoughts on this game? I just, I would like to be proved wrong. That's that's my final thought. Um, <laughs> I, no, I really just think that the, the magnitude of this game, even though it's only the, what, we're still the 10th game, I think, yeah. That's right. We're still so early in, but um, it is it is incredibly crucial. And I just, I'm hoping that, uh, regardless of the performance, uh, regardless of the result, I think that we need a strong performance. I think that's probably the first thing that needs to happen because we haven't really had that for, you know, banking on sort of three, three and a bit weeks. And um, and that's a long time in a championship season to not kind of show any signs of life. Yeah, that's right. I think an improved performance is the, is the main thing to hope for in this one. Uh, and we'll certainly see how we go. We've got another game next Thursday morning, so we'll uh, we'll be back this time next week uh, to preview that one as well as the weekend's game. But until then, thanks for joining me for this one, Logan. No dramas, Alex. Good to be here. No worries. And thanks, everyone, for listening in. Until next time, come on, City. You've been listening to the official Hull City Australia podcast, The Tigers Down Under. For more discussion, join us on Facebook at the Hull City AFC Australia Facebook group, or follow us on Twitter at Hull City AFC Odds. The music was created by Amber and Black. All the city's on fire Where the burning desire Tigers are roaring and destiny's calling Cause now is the time Yeah, the city's on fire Going higher and higher There's no turning back Cause you're